Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchon, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. And I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. We're glad you're listening in today. We're going to do something a little bit different this time because we're looking back at the four and a half years of the Worship Matters podcast. This is, as far as we can tell, the hundredth episode that we've recorded. (laughs) I say as far as we can tell because there was a special episode in there and and we lost count. I don't really know. Yeah, we skipped a number somewhere. We skipped (laughs) somewhere. Anyway, we're about at 100, so we thought this was an appropriate time for us to just start and think about, what is this all about? What have we been trying to do? So we're going to look at some of the highlights and some of the challenges that we've had over this period of time. It's been a very interesting time in the life of the church, as you know. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some of the guests we've had on, as well as the resources that we have shared And the reason we're doing that is not just because we like to enjoy our own history, but to look at where we're going and what might be next ahead of us. The purpose of Worship Matters, as much as I can remember, is for us to share resources, but also opportunities and learnings, teaching a little bit to talk about how important worship is. That's where the title of the thing came from, Worship Matters. And we believe that it matters. And so, therefore, we've been recording these podcasts, talking to you who are listening and asking what's on your heart and your mind, and how can we be a resource to help you doing all of that. So we've been doing it for a while. Diana and I started with Cynthia Wilson, our our previous partner on this, and then Mm -hmm. Lisa joined us a while back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here we are, looking back. So why don't we just think about that for a moment. Diana, what What do you remember? What's your favorite podcast that comes to mind when you think about Worship Matters? Oh, I've loved the guests that we've had, John Thornburg, Heather Murray Elkins. We've just had some fantastic people to talk about specific things around worship, and I know it's informed our work as we move forward. So I've loved that, but I must say that I really love the music, the musicians that I've had and interviewed on the podcast, the rebuilding churches after the pandemic. How do we come back to church and working with the church choirs? What is safe? Those sorts of things. So when I've had a a variety of people on the podcast, for me, that's really, really fun because you get to be asking questions and talking with your friends. And so those are some of my favorite moments. And here I was expecting you to say you enjoyed the preaching ones the most. (laughs) For some reason, you mentioned music. I don't know why that is. Why is that? (laughs) What about you, Lisa? You Johnny-come-lately-to-the-party here. (laughs) What have you enjoyed the most about this process? Gosh, I think one of the things that is probably my favorite is actually like 
the fact that we all get to get together with other people who love not just talking about worship, but doing worship and Mm. thinking about how to craft it and the formative work that God does within us within worship. And we just get to nerd out together (laughs) and, and focus it. Like there is something super fun about that. And I find it really helpful for the creative process. And I hope that all of you listening find it helpful for the creative process because we can get so kind of wrapped up into got to get this and that and, Mm -hmm. oh, I've got to get copies made for everybody and I've got to make sure I don't pick this hymn, but I do pick that hymn and I do preach this text, but I should avoid that text. We can get so wrapped up in kind of the minutiae that I think for me at least it feeds my creativity and my sense of participating with God in the process of planning and performing worship together when we get to sit down and talk with one another in a Mm -hmm. way that's not about the deadline and not about the weekly deadline, but actually focuses in on what are we actually doing in worship. And some, you know, as you're saying that, Lisa, it makes me think it's kind of like those side conversations you have at an event Mm. where you are with your people, you know, be it ritual artists or preachers, And then after you hear a plenary or go to some workshops and you have those conversations on the side, that's kind of what these feel like to me is that we get to, as you said, nerd out with some of our friends. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But I think we're also modeling for worship planning teams that, Mm. that talking about it is vitally important, not just so that we can fill in all the slots. Mm-hmm. but so that we can together come to an understanding about what it is that we're trying to do and what are we what are we providing for those who gather week by week for worship and it takes some reflection on that process we can it's not just a plug and play uh, exercise it is an exploration into the possibilities of worship mhm absolutely well one of, one of the things that i enjoy is how we're able to bring other aspects of of our job into this as well. For example, one of the things that that I took on during the pandemic, and and I think that's a moment we need to talk about too before we finish, but but during the pandemic I took on as a challenge from the Council of Bishops, actually, was the daily prayers for anti-racism. And I've now been doing that for a number of years. But we've also brought in the issue about how does worship feed into issues of racism and mm-hmm. power. And we had a couple of episodes, episode 48, when Cynthia Wilson spoke about overcoming racism through developing leaders. And she spoke to, now I've forgotten who it was that she spoke to. Do you remember that? Marilyn Thornton. Oh, right. And, and brought up those issues about how that can influence who leads worship, but also how it's received and how it's understood and how it can open our eyes to that. Mm-hmm. Then I had a conversation with John Thornburg in the next episode, episode 49, about decentering power in the chancel and paying attention to who's up front, as well as asking the question of how do we engage in dialogue in the midst of worship and and planning of worship and doing of worship and experiencing all of that. And so this allows us then to bring these issues into the arena without saying mm-hmm. this is a worship service on racism, mm-hmm. but racism is a theme that we pay attention to as we as we worship together. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? What what do you bring in to the conversation that in some ways might be beyond just talking about worship, but yet it influences and enhances the worship that we provide? Yeah, I think one of the things that as I've 
been in this position only for the last 30 episodes of the podcast. <laughs> but as as I've kind of been in this, one of the things that I've really appreciated is being able to look back at other episodes and recognize how they are part of bringing into conversation this this reality that I hold very deeply in the work that I do with discipleship ministries, which is that we need to worship ourselves into the church God is creating us to be. Mm. So like multicultural worship, I, mm. I love, we've got like episode 32 where Cynthia speaks with Brian Tiener here at uh, Discipleship Ministries on the gift and the goal of multicultural worship. And then a few episodes later, episode 35, was a conversation with Don Wiggins Hare from the General Commission on the Status and Role of Women and Reverend Dr. B. Kevin Smalls out of Michigan about Dr. King's vision of the beloved community and how do we do that in worship and beyond. And what I love about this, you know, we've got episode 42 with Lydia Munoz about Mm -hmm. listening to and resourcing the Latinx community. And then the following episode, episode 43, Songs of Faith and Freedom for the Liturgy, where Dr. Kim Harris joined Cynthia and Diana to discuss the tradition and use of African-American spirituals in worship. All of these are opportunities for us, yes, but for the whole church, for all of you who are listening, to get to be in on these conversations about how do we do multicultural worship such that we are performing that together. We are kind of, if we could think of it like learning the steps to a dance together. We're learning those steps together through that. We can do that through this platform in ways that you may not have access to in your individual local communities. It's the beauty of the connection, really. And this is a way that we can kind of bring that out. So I love that we've got that and that we've continued to do that and and want to keep doing that, bringing those conversations forward. So you get a little bit of like this intimate access to people Mm -hmm. who are doing this work on the ground in other areas of the country and the world. I I loved your description about leaning into the church we are becoming, that Mm -hmm. not... We want to pay attention to the church that we are, but we mm-hmm. also want to pay attention to the church we're called to be. And so yes. this element brings in that dimension of that. Because I know there are a lot of worship teams and pastors and leaders out there who are saying, well, my church is all one race and all one ethnicity and one one economic, and therefore, why should I bring in others? Well, it's because we are leaning into something yeah. bigger than ourselves. and that's We can't stay reminder. there. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, no, that's can. where the church is is going to die when it doesn't right. broaden its its doors and its walls to include more of the community. Yeah. Amen. Well, in the midst of well, actually, shortly after we started the podcast, <laughs> we hit this thing we are now calling the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was I was at an event recently, and I found myself talking about that with some of the participants in the event, and and. And I'm wondering if the event is going to be either our exodus, in other words, everything changed, <laughs> and we're in a new place now because of that, or the Pentecost, and, and this event happened, and now we've got to decide how we're... I think it is that significant, the church we are afterwards, and, and what's going to happen next. And there are a whole mm-hmm. lot of questions that we can't answer from our perspective, but we certainly have influence on that. So, Diana, as as you recall back in the midst of that pandemic, what what drove you and us as we were creating these podcasts in the midst of 
and then coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, as you said, it was just shortly after we started these podcasts. Our first podcast was an epiphany planning podcast. And so that was for 2020. We we recorded mm-hmm. the podcast in 2019 in the fall, probably December, early December. And it the first podcast was 2020. And you know, in March, everything started shutting down. So it was really like three or, or four or five episodes in that we had to shift our focus radically, just like the local church did. Sure. They had to shift their focus radically. And so we started talking about Let's talk about, we did a four-part series. Let me let me go that way. We did a four-part series on in-person worship. You know, how can we sing? What have we learned? Where should we become? And just kind of going forward that way. So that was something that came a little bit later. But early, early on, the questions I got over and over again was, what do we do about copyrights? Can I use this hymn? Can we use this liturgy? And put it on the screen and live stream it because we had been so accustomed to having only in-person worship and having we you know we're using screens in many churches so we knew how to use CCLI and one license and and that sort of thing but when the whole live stream thing hit for most churches they hadn't done that so who's in charge of finding the copyrights and making sure that what we're sharing on on YouTube or Facebook live that it is legal and we're doing mm-hmm. doing justice to to the everything that we're sharing. So I had a, a podcast on copyrights. It was one of our our largest listenership there was 785 and this was episode 13. So a lot of people really wanting to know what do we do. Now four and a half years later, we're still asking those same copyright questions because <laughs> it doesn't go away. And because it's not, there's not a one answer fits all. And that's, you know, that's the bottom line. We all have to do some research to figure out what, if what we're using is held by one broker a house mm-hmm. or another. So that was a big one is the the whole copyright. That's what I'm remembering and then later on, as we know, we started talking about hybrid worship because as the doors to our sanctuary started to open up, open up more, we were noticing that people weren't coming back like they were before the pandemic. And so a lot of people liked a live stream worship because for various reasons. I, I know it, it was significant for our older community that couldn't get out as easily, maybe, especially in the winter months, that kind of stuff. So then we have to talk about how do you plan for hybrid worship, not just put a camera on and assume that it's hitting the audience that's online as fully as the one that's in person. So maybe Lisa and Derek can talk a little bit more about that because we've all had different takes on on this conversation because it is a really relevant conversation to this day. Well, I think I think your point in all that is that the learning curve was steep for everybody. <laughs> yes. Everywhere I go, I hear people saying, "Well, before the pandemic, here's what I knew, and now mm-hmm. now we're just in a whole new place and all mm-hmm. kinds of things are being asked." And what was fascinating to me, what continues to be fascinating to me is the shift that we've made mm-hmm. and that the online worship hybrid worship, in-person worship, all of those things are in a brand new place that we never would have done. And yet there are great possibilities there. Yes. 
yeah, sure, there are difficulties and questions we have to answer and all of that. I've talked with some preachers. We've had a couple of podcasts. I did one on online preaching and the difference there, and then then we brought in some others to ask us some questions about what is the difference between the medium of the online, the streaming, and the medium of being in person, and, and can we truly do hybrid? Can we do both at the same time? Do we need to pay attention to different audiences in different ways? And it's not an either or, it's a both and, and how do we make that work? And all those kinds of things is, is fascinating to me. And, and part of our experience came out of our own Out of the Ashes that we created that lament service for disaffiliation. That's another mm-hmm. big theme that impacted what we did. But, mm-hmm. but Lisa, you helped us put that together, and, and we did that in different places. You know, you yeah. were in Dallas, and we were here. And, and, and how, in your mind, how did that come together, uh, do you think? It took a lot of planning. Um, <laughs> I think this is one of those those places where you you think about you get so used to doing worship one way, and I think this is kind of probably what happened to a lot of us when the pandemic hit. Our systems were so rote in so many places. It was like, well, this is what we do, and this is how we make it happen, and then suddenly we're thrown into oh gosh, like I have to have a whole new spreadsheet for this if you're a spreadsheet person, or I have to have a whole new template for this, or like, how do I even tell people what's going to happen if they're not holding a bulletin and all of those questions? And we definitely, I think, faced a lot of those same questions, Mm -hmm. but thinking about kind of this connection-wide audience Mm -hmm. um, for Out of the Ashes. And so in a lot of ways, I was so grateful to the work that this podcast had done before I even got here in episodes 53, 54, and 55 about facing grief and loss, and then subsequent conversations we had with John Thornburg and others in the podcast to really help us like focus in on what is it we're trying to accomplish, what it, how are we trying to be present to our grief and our lament mm-hmm. about disaffiliation and all the other things happening in the world, at this time, so that the planning and the spreadsheets and the color coding, because tell you what, Derek and Diana probably thought that I was out of my mind a couple times because it was like, this is all, this color goes for this piece and this goes for that and (laughs) all of those things. But it was all towards not the purpose of the spreadsheet, but the spreadsheet as as the tool to help us get to what I think turned into a a really representative worship service of the whole connection, the lament we're feeling, but also a move through our lament and even carrying some of that lament with us towards hope. But I'm not sure it would have become what it did without some of this work that we were doing in the podcast and behind the scenes to really chew on that and to Mm -hmm. really sit with it that then enabled us to produce that event and subsequent teachings around it. And and we did a whole episode on Out of the Ashes. Yes. And, yeah. And then, of course, as Lisa's talking about that spreadsheet and all of that is on our website. If you mm-hmm. just type in Out of the Ashes in the search bar, it'll take you to all the materials that we used, including a PDF of the bulletin, everything. So if people are feeling the need to to do something like that, and I know many people 
contextualized what we did. And that was our hope is that they take the example and model, but then they make it their own for their community. Yeah, that was so special. I was going to say earlier too, that, you know, we talk about the pandemic, but also in 2020, in that summer, we were dealing with George Floyd. And so there were, there was this talk about these two viruses, you know, going side by side, the virus of COVID-19, but also the virus of racism, which was so prevalent. So at at that point, we were really dealing with that grief. And it was, I I know, uh, we can all agree, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. So there were so many griefs coming out in 2020, 2021, 22. And and then, you know, as we're talking about this, the church and communities that are feeling split because of disaffiliation. One, one of the things that is increasingly evident to me is that we're not really bringing new stuff. <laughs> we're helping them reclaim the stuff that's always been there. I attended a preaching conference with Fred Craddock many years ago, and, and the metaphor that he used, that, which still sticks with me, is we are sharing their lunch with them. <laughs> these, these are the things that have been feeding the church from the very beginning, and, and we're just drawing attention to that. We're helping people reclaim some things that are there. Lament is one of those tools that sometimes gets set aside because we want the the more happy uh, approaches mm-hmm. to worship. And yet, as Diana just articulated, there's so many reasons why our hearts are broken. Yeah. And if we don't acknowledge that in worship, if we're not real enough in worship to say that we're struggling with some things, and then here are some tools, here are some patterns, here are some ways we can address that, then worship becomes inauthentic. Hmm. I, I think behind the the podcast of Worship Matters is a call to intentionality, yes. to not fall into the pattern of, of just filling in the slots, as we said, or, or just doing the same thing by rote, but to actually stop to think about what in the world are we doing, and where do we want to go, and who do we want to be it's it's both an acknowledgement of the realities that we live in, but also a, a hope for God's coming kingdom and so that we can create and, and profess and proclaim something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward. There are some things that are that are coming up that are going to be a part of this. And I guess I want to start with the worship webinars. We have these worship webinars that are going to start, was it next week? I can't I can't believe the first one is next week. Yes, February 20th, which I'm not sure this podcast will be out by then, but okay. we do have other web- worship There'll webinars. Be more <laughs> yes, so if, you miss, if you miss session one, you're not going to miss all of it, I promise. We'll have recordings. And yeah. it'll be recorded, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're also looking forward to General Conference, and you may in your local church say, well, what they do is disconnected from me, but it's not. We're all part of this system, and so... How do we pray for what happens at General Conference? How do we prepare for what's going on? And by looking into that and being prepared for that, we can really celebrate the connection, which is something I think we need to do in response to all of the things that have been going on in the life. And to to that end, Derek, I was speaking with Amy Steele, the chaplain for the Upper Room, and we did interview her and Beth Richardson in one of our podcasts a while back. But Amy and I were talking just a couple of weeks ago about having a special worship time that our teams could put together, worship from DM and Upper Room, in 
preparation for general conference, a way to pray, pray the church into general conference. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that all comes together and that that'll be out there in April before general conference actually begins. What else are we looking forward to? What what are we working on, Lisa? What are we spending a lot of time doing these days? <laughs> what are we spending a lot of time doing? Well, I'm super excited about this, and I'm also very excited for it to go out into the world. And these are our belong resources. So we've gone back to some previous resources on Holy Communion, baptism, and our membership vows. We've updated those original resources, but also are creating a package of resources Mm -hmm. for leaders and teachers and congregants and people who are interested in trying to figure out what, what what do these rituals mean here it is, but it's not just about the ritual. It's actually about what it means to belong. Mm-hmm. And in the United Methodist Church, we practice our belonging together through Holy Communion baptism and our membership vows. So we hope you'll kind of keep an eye out for the belong resources. If you go to annual conference, you're going to see at least a sampling of that out on the tables. We'd love to talk to you about it, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it more as, as they actually get rolled out. But we're excited for the ways that those resources could really help us Engage very, as you said, Derek, intentionally, mm-hmm. both with the learning aspect, the understanding the biblical and historical aspects, but also that when we come and do these things together, mm-hmm. we are becoming the community God is calling us to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have a podcast on the Belong resources and invite Mark Stom and Ron Anderson, who are the, the writers for the Leaders Guides, and then Brittany Sky uh, Ray, who's going, who is writing the participant guides and uh, various other people. So uh, I'm that might even be a series mm-hmm. uh, of podcasts because it's really special and helping us lean into our identity as United Methodists. Yeah, yeah so that's ex- exciting. I hope to do a podcast sometime this summer and give a hymnal update, a United Methodist hymnal update. We just did a survey that about a thousand people took around the country, giving us some really vital feedback as to what direction should we go at this point. We had a hymnal committee working from 2017 to 2019, and then went on hiatus, I guess is a good word. And then the pandemic hit. And so everything just kind of got on a back burner. So we're really, Discipleship Ministries is working with the United Methodist Publishing House to bring this back up to the forefront Again, as an identity marker, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you put a hymnal together, it is a stamp in time. This is what we believe and who we are in this moment in time, just like the 1989 hymnal did. And then the 2000, the faith we sing, and then the 2013 worship and song. So, like I said, I'm hoping that I have some some really good news to share and some good some people to be on a podcast about that. You mean there there may come a time when I have to stop calling the eighty nine hymnal the new hymnal? <laughs> yeah, you should have stopped that a while ago. <laughs> I know I should. I can't help it. <laughs> there are so many things that this podcast touches on in the work of discipleship ministries in the work of the local church, and we're always open to conversations with serving pastors and worship leaders who want to ask some questions or 
or ask us to explore something. So please be in touch with us. We would love to hear about all of that. And Derek, before we go on, I you haven't said a whole lot about preaching, <laughs> which is very unusual, but um, also the Compelling Preaching Project. You want to update us on that and we're, what we can look forward to in this year? Certainly, we'd love to talk about preaching. Uh, <laughs> the Compelling Preaching Initiative, or Hey Preacher, as we're calling it here at Discipleship Ministries, is is it at work developing resources, but also testing some workshop models. In fact, I'm mm. I'm recording this one up in Indiana because I have another conference later this week that I'm going to attend, leading a cohort, a small group of preachers, through a, an eight-month-long reflection on their preaching. So we have different models of, of teaching and exploring, but we've been creating some videos that we're hoping to to get edited and, and ready to display both for teaching tools, but also for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Our goal is is simply to encourage preachers to say thank you for the tasks that they're doing, particularly those who've slogged their way through the pandemic and the disaffiliations and are yet still climbing into the pulpit or standing in front of their people week after week to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And so so we just want to come alongside and, and provide resources, inspiration, and some thought pieces to help mm. us reflect on the task that we're doing in, in preaching. You can sign up on, on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Just type in Hey Preacher, and you'll find a way to sign up to get updates about that. So as things are developed and presented, uh, you'll be the first to know about that. We have talked about that in in podcasts before, Mm -hmm. and I've interviewed lots of preachers and teachers of preaching, and all of that is feeding into this project, and and it is occupying a lot of time and energy on my part, but (laughs) but it's exciting to do. It's what I love doing. But preaching is a part of worship. You know, that's the thing I always say when I'm when I do a workshop on preaching. I say we're talking about this one aspect, but it fits together with the whole. And that sometimes proclamation comes through liturgy. Sometimes mm-hmm. proclamation comes through prayer. Sometimes even, believe it or not, proclamation can come through music. <laughs> wow. I know that's startling. <laughs> And so how do we work together? How do we blend together and and listen to the word that we are proclaiming, not just for us, but for the world? We have always said, well, not always, but lately our our motto has been that we are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, which may seem grandiose, but but that just simply means we start the ripples. Mm. We start them in our local context. We... Mm -hmm. We speak out loud so that people can hear and know that we are still alive, and that's always our hope. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Derek. I think it's so exciting, and I think this year is going to be a year that moves that needle forward. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure we'll do another podcast on this project. We definitely will as things get unfolded, and we'll also probably do a a podcast on the SCD, what used to be the School of Congregational Development, but also now is called See, Create, Disciple. And we have a big event coming up in August, and we're planning worship for that, and we're just hoping it's going to be a great opportunity for folks in local churches to come together and be inspired and, and renewed and given tips and tools for leadership. So I don't know what else. There, okay. Who knows what the next hundred 
uh, <laughs> podcast will cover. I'm I'm sure we have some great ideas and there'll be some mm-hmm. great things, but we're just we're just excited that you're along and hope that you'll stick with us. And again, get in touch with us if you have something in specific. We we thank you for joining us today and we hope it's been helpful to you, not just this podcast, but all the podcasts in the Worship Matters series. And remember, you can always find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. And we do want you to tell us what you think, so send us an email. But until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation as you engage your worship ministry and are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.